We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, Laura, as I was preparing to preach this past Sunday, I was asking God to kind of give me a visual picture of prayer. And so I thought this would be a really beautiful message to share today about prayer and how God is unpacking that in our own lives and spiritual warfare as we've been talking about prayer and spiritual warfare and how this all looks. But as I was praying, I was just saying, God, I would love to have a picture of prayer. And what I saw was a massive, massive wall, like as high as the eyes could see, like a fortress. And in this fortress were these two beautiful, bold gold gates. And then off in the distance, a huge mountain. And it was a pretty majestic landscape, like just looking at this from afar off. And I felt in my spirit that God gave me this picture uh, that this was prayer and for his church and for each of us that, you know, prayer is not to be a wall to be climbed, to come into the presence of God, that we're to achieve, you know, brick by brick to have to scale this wall somehow earn our way into the presence of God, like a feat. Wow. And I also felt like God say, it's also not a majestic mountain to be climbed, that we feel like it's this overwhelming. Like, like how, if we pray enough, that's right. we'll get to the top. That's right. Like I got to be an expert in how I pray and the fluency and my eloquent words that then God will hear me. I've got to be able to do this. And it's not a majestic mountain to be climbed, but rather I saw the gates open And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus has done, we have full access by invitation of the Father through the work of Christ, not by our own doing, through the work of Christ to come into that gate, through those gates, anytime, any moment to meet with the Father in the very presence of the King. That's as simple as it is. And we, the enemy has overcomplicated prayer. He has made people feel inferior in their prayer life, discouraged in their prayer life. They've measured their prayer life by other people rather than realizing this is just about being, just accepting the invitation to come into the presence through the gate. It's not the wall to climb, to scale. It's not the mountain to climb, but the gate to enter. And all through the scriptures, we say, God say, come, come. There's an invitation. Jesus invites, like all through scripture, we see that invitation to come. And that's all we have to do is take the steps into the gates. That's it. What the blood of Christ has done through the cross is extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And uh, that brings us into the presence of the king. And that is what prayer is. And so that was a picture I really felt for prayer. And it was a powerful visual for me, even in this season, coming into a bit of a, a twist on Monday morning, I woke up. Really, I had experienced that last week, this open vision as I was preparing for the message to have a prophetic vision to give about prayer, to really help people dismantle the barriers they feel in prayer and also to bring freedom in prayer life and also to bring a real urgency in their own lives to say, you don't need, you don't need, you need to get off the wall and off the mountain and off sitting on the outside because you feel intimidated just get through the gate like that. You need to get into the gate. Wow. And, um, but on Monday morning I woke up in such, in such a spiritual attack at four thirty in the morning. And I wrestled, I spent time with the Lord and I was wrestling in prayer. And about three hours later, it was about seven thirty in the morning. It kind of, it kind of broke. I, I spent, I, I just felt in my spirit, God bring 
an awareness that I had to repent, that I was actually worried about what people thought my message, if it came across right. And the enemy was just feasting on my own insecurities, actually, and my own pride. That was what was happening because I felt very vulnerable and insecure a little bit because I'm newer at what I was in preaching. And I just felt like the enemy was just bringing to just in my face, all those things that I felt inadequate in. And I just felt God say, why are you playing to the audience of man and listening to the lies of the enemy? Have you asked me what I think and how I see you? And it was just like this full awareness. I need to get into the gate. I'm here on the outside of the gate being accused. And here I can just walk through the gate. And as I walked in the gate, I literally saw almost like part two of the open prophetic vision I'd seen the week before. And what I saw, this was Monday morning at 7.30, I literally saw myself coming into the gate as soon as I heard God say that. And I was like, I got to get into the gate to meet with my king. I got I to get a picture here with my king. As soon as my foot, so I should back up for a second. When I, I saw myself full of armor, and as I was walking towards the gate, I saw all these arrows in the back of my armor, tons of them. And immediately I knew that was the lies of the enemy, the accusing lies of the enemy. And as I walked through the gate and came into the presence of God, I literally saw with every step, it was almost like a ripple, like my armor moved into like a diamond robe. It was like all of a sudden all the armor left. There was nothing but a robe, beautiful robe. I was crowned and I was literally walking in in royalty. And it was literally, I could feel my spirit that God say, there's no place for the enemy's lies. There's no place for the enemies. The enemy has no place here. So no arrow followed. My armor wasn't needed. I was fully in the robes of righteousness of Jesus Christ, seen through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, okay? This is not my righteousness, but it talks about that, that we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So we come through the gates as through humility of realizing what Jesus has done, that I was clothed in the righteousness of Christ, crowned as a daughter of the king, fully beautiful uh, in God's eyes. And it was no place. There was no place for any of that. But interesting enough, when I spent time there and God just began to reveal some things in my own heart to bring peace and awareness, it was time to go back. And that's the thing. Like we're in the presence of the King, but we have work to do too. We have work to do, but we go into the presence of the King anytime for commands, for peace, for just realigning, for him to give us his kingdom strategy, for him to show us what he sees in us and what he sees for us to do. And as soon the opposite thing happened, as soon as I turned to leave the gates to go back into the roaming hills of the kingdom, back to be a war, like a watchman on the wall, because on the other side of that, of, uh, on the outskirts of the kingdom, the territory is the enemy. It's desolate. The enemy rules. And that's where he fights from. And that's where he crushed snakes when he comes on the other side of the bloodline. <laughs> but in this beautiful roaming hills of the kingdom, as soon as I stepped out of the gate to go back into the work of what God's asked me to do for the day. The war. The war. The battle. I literally saw the opposite thing happen. As my foot entered out of the gates, the armor started back right up. So it's literally like transformative the armor was needed and of course i got back on a horse and i began to rode out into the distance <laughs> fully equipped and fully in, like ready to wow. take on the day but it really is like it just showed me like that that's kind of those two places we we walk in tensions we walk in the plate not even tensions in those two spaces of being the presence of the king at any moment 
but yet there's work to be done and there's an urgency and we fight and we have a place to lead people to also protect in through God. Like we're leading push back, push back and to protect, like work with the body of Christ one together and yeah, to hold the line. But when we feel that real onslaught, we have to go into the kingdom of God, into his presence. So that was kind of the vision I had. And that was yesterday morning. And so it's really been realigning me to kind of what's happening in the spirit realm and not looking with the eyes of the natural, but looking with the eyes of the spirit as I'm still walking through that spiritual battle, like still kind of working out a few things. And, uh, but that's what God showed me. That is a profound vision. That's really powerful. Even as you're sharing it, I don't know if it's coming through on the podcast to the listeners, but as you're sharing it in the moment, like my, it's like cutting to my spirit that Mm -hmm. that picture and the power of all of that, the power of the arrows, the fiery darts of the enemy in our back, the lies, the accusations like that are harming us you know, that are harming us if we sit in that place. But the fact that we walk through the gates and it disappears in the presence oh. of the king, it, it it falls away in the presence of the king. There's no place for that in the, pre- like it's, that is a profound, profound image that's really impacting me as you share it right, right now. So, wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank Amen. you, Lord, for giving you that picture. Amen. That's really, really beautiful. And I, I think it's, it's kind of crazy and weird. <laughs> I mean, weird. I say weird. It's not weird. It's so God, I guess. But but not, I guess. It is. It is God. But on Monday morning, on the same morning, I in my, in my early morning prayer time too, the Lord gave me a vision as well. Like a similar one, wow. like a little bit different, a little bit different focus. Because again, I was coming out of a fighting season too. I was coming out of some spiritual warfare and just thanking God for his provision in the midst of that, thanking God for bringing truth and revelation in the midst of it, but also just getting this beautiful picture of the power of being in the presence of the King. And so I literally had this, and I don't often see visions in this particular way, but I saw very much like an old style. (laughs) I don't know whether it's like Lord of the Rings, whether it's like biblical, you know, Camelot. I don't what this old fashioned style of fortified, exactly as you described, like a fortified um, city where the king lives or castle or presence, you know, where the king is. And then I saw outside and I just could see this contrast. And so, you know, again, I, I wrote down what I sensed the Lord saying, but I think, I think there's a connection between what you saw and what I saw. And so I'll just read it. And, you know, if it, if it ministers to you as we're sharing, but I think it's significant, the fact that we're seeing Mm -hmm. such similar things and yeah. So I don't know what the Lord exactly wants to do with this, but it's, it's weird that we're both seeing such similar things on the same day, on the same, same early, like early in the morning. Okay. So basically, like, I'm just going to read it from my journal because that's how I see it and that's how I write it. But I just said, Lord, speak. I'm listening. I need direction. I need clarity and confirmation. I sense so deeply in my spirit that we're supposed to do this. And I'm talking about this dream 
that I, this vision, this dream that I felt um, that the Lord placed in my heart that's so far beyond what I can do in my own strength. I can see men and women anchoring deep into you. I can see hope arising. So when the trials of life come, there's peace and answers. Things are not going to get easier. They're only going to get harder and harder, but you want us to be ready and to endure it. Lord, come, Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, lead me, show me to the Father. Obedience, light, life, hope. So many are falling asleep. They're falling prey to anxiety and worry. They're choosing comfort over truth. Many are getting swept away by their own discouragement and disappointment. But all that is not yet as it should be, is simply an opportunity for God to reveal himself through our reliance on him. Lord, you long for us to put our complete trust in you, to rest in the storm and battle because we know you are with us. When you abide in the presence of the king, nothing by any means shall harm you. You don't even have to earn or deserve your place in his kingdom. You simply have to come and recognize your poverty in spirit and your inability to save yourself. Your own power is so frail. It's limited. It's inadequate next to the power of the king, but also next to the power of the enemy. When you abide in the presence of the king, you're covered, you're safe, you're protected. You have all you could possibly need. I can see our position outside of the presence of the king. We're exposed, vulnerable, weak, and poor. We do not have what we need to be safe or whole or to have peace or joy. We're being robbed and pillaged and taken advantage of by our enemy. And there's nothing to stop him. But when we abide in the presence of the king, we have the protection of all the armies of heaven. We are under the royal guard, but we cannot bring anything with us. We cannot bring our pride, our stuff, our comforts. We cannot bring our possessions, all the things we've relied on, put our trust in. We cannot bring objects of worship, even things that seem good, because the invitation is for us alone to come with all our fear, worry, and concern and leave all that at the door at the gate Mm. and receive the protection and provision of the kingdom everything we have in the kingdom belongs to the king there's nothing of ourselves there only him only his provision only his love life goodness abundance and truth we must leave all we have behind and although it may seem hard in the moment what you will get in return is of no comparison All your stuff is as rags compared to his provision. This suffering and loss cannot be compared to the glory that is to be revealed. Remember, this letting go, this surrender is not physical or natural, although it may involve a physical or natural thing. It's a posture of our heart. When you're stressed, worried, anxious, it's because you're holding tightly onto something that is not as it should be. And although you're likely right that that thing is not as it should be, that position will not bring you life but death. You see, the king wants you to lay that down, lay your rights down to receive his righteousness. And only then can all these things be added to you. The king wants to make an exchange with you. He wants He wants to put... He wants you to put down and leave your burden, your worry, your fear and anxiety. And he wants you to put it all at his feet. He wants you to trust him with the things that are most important to you. He wants you to trust him to work and move even when you don't see it. He wants to fulfill, he wants to fill you with his love so you can walk through your personal circumstance with joy and life. He wants to give you blessing and abundant provision in the midst of mourning, in the midst of your poverty of spirit, in persecution, in false accusation and hatred, in the hardest and the worst parts of your life. 
In those things, the king invites you to his table and says, leave your burden at the door. Be saved, be rescued from the weight of this yoke. It's not a fair exchange, but it's the only way you will know that there was nothing in your own strength or power that you could do to have so much goodness, power, protection, or abundance. You'll want to try to earn it and work for it. You'll want to try to repay the king for his kindness, but you will find that you have to lay that down too because you can't. It's not possible to repay the king for what he has already prepared for you. You see, the king laid down his own life as a sacrifice in order that our enemy could not take our life. Our king, the king of our souls, paid a ransom with his own life in order to make a way for us to be safe and free. He laid his life down in order that the enemy could no longer have legal access to us so that we didn't have to lay down our life. But the enemy didn't know that he would return from death and overcome it, giving us adoption into his royal family. I could picture exactly the same picture that you had people outside the gate, outside the king, and struggling, wrestling, exposed, vulnerable, and then coming in through the gate, but having to leave all our stuff at the door, everything, all of it, everything we're holding on tightly to, walking through the gate, but on the other side, we have everything that belongs to the king belongs to us. It's our inheritance. We want to come in as servants. We want to come in and serve the king. We want to come in and sort of repay for the joy, for the peace, for the protection. But he says no, and he invites us to his table as sons and daughters, as heirs of all that is his, all that belongs. And I just saw this great provision, but this ownership of what he's given to us that belongs to us. And it was a really powerful, powerful picture in that old, same old setting, same picture setting of what God has done and what God has given us. But we have to leave everything behind everything that we're holding, everything that's preventing us from walking in this newfound, abundant riches of his glory. So beautiful. That is so significant that on the same day, we had pretty much the same picture, just in in different perspectives of the picture, but the same. Yeah. The same. Yeah. This really is a message for us in this season to know that God sees the struggle. Yes. He sees it. It's not that we're denying it. It's not saying there's no struggle. Yes, there is a struggle. We fight not against flesh and blood and it manifests naturally in many different ways in our lives, in different circumstances for all of us. But the King, I love that he's once again, aligning us to who he is and who we are in him, to what he has already done and what we can receive as an inheritance. And this is an aligning word for the church because that is the power of the enemy to make us feel left out that we're by ourselves. We're alone. We're wounded. We're never going to make it. We're exhausted. That's the lie of the enemy. But as soon as we come into the King's presence, like, like you said, none of that can come with us. None of that is allowed in the King's presence because it's actually the opposite of the King. Yeah. It's not even a part of it's left at the door. You can't even get through into his presence with that stuff. It falls off you when you come. You can't bring it. And as we walk through, that's exactly him aligning to be like, you're my son, you're my daughter. And we can't earn our place there. I love how you said that too. When we come into the king's presence, it's not just to serve, like to come in that place to repay, 
you know, it's coming out of that place of who he's called us to be and how he has made us. And what a, that enough, to, like honestly to get on your knees and Thanksgiving and joy yeah. Yeah. and to say that's that yeah. he's aligning us. He's yeah. realigning us yeah. to see things as the King sees it and as he sees the kingdom. Yeah. Do you remember when we went to Israel and, um, we went to the, one of the sites and there was a door and then inside the door, there was a small door. Oh, in Nazareth. And remember, it taught it was a reference to like the narrow way. Yes. And and that we can get through the door, but you can't bring anything with you. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. You do you remember that? I almost feel like this picture is almost a picture of the narrow way, meaning like you can't, there's no room to bring all of our stuff, all of our junk, all of our companions, all of the things that we sort of put our trust in, that we hold on to, that we're carrying with us, even good things, even good things, which is the crazy part because we think the good things are okay. It's not even about that. We have to actually leave all of that behind in order to walk the narrow way. But what we don't realize and what the enemy always, always wants to make us believe is that we're losing something by leaving those things behind, Mm -hmm. by letting go of those things that we're missing out on something, that we're losing something, that we're being taken advantage by the world in some way, that we don't have what other people have, that something is missing by letting go of those things. What we don't realize is that when we walk through those gold gates, and I just love, I love how descriptive you were in what you saw as we walk through the beauty of those gold gates like we have no idea what's on the other side of that we really don't and we just we just don't we can't even fathom what's on the other side and how we're holding on to rags in comparison to what is waiting for us on the other side. And we're actually being fooled that we need to hold tighter onto those old things, onto those idols, onto those objects of worship, onto those things that we've put our trust in and our faith in, uh, success and money and, you know, um, possessions and, you know, even our family and even good things. We, but we hold so tightly as if those things will save us, as if those things are a way to our salvation. But literally through the gates, there's something so beautiful, so abundant, so powerful, and beyond all we could ever ask for or imagine or need is right there. But yet we keep holding on. And so there's just this picture of like, and I think it's a call. Like, I think it is a call. Like, are you ready to let go? Are you ready to be beautified? You know, like you saw in the presence of the king adorned with diamonds, adorned with riches and crowned as an heir, not as a servant, not to repay, not to have to earn or even climb the mountain to earn your way, but just to be established in the position of a daughter of a son it's your inheritance. It belongs to you. It's actually your kingdom too now. <laughs> like he, he's, that's what he's inviting us into, right? So just this contrast of letting go, but it's not easy. It's actually not easy to let go because this thing, these things are so big in our mind. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom 
and his righteousness and all these things. It's not Mm -hmm. these things that are behind us. It's not these things that are outside of the kingdom that will be added. It's all these things that are in the presence of the king that will be added to us. It's not right. We have to turn and let go and let go. And so even as I was struggling through in my spirit and in warfare over the course of the weekend leading me to this morning um, and this vision, part of it for me was even letting go of those Mm. things that I was holding, of those things I wanted to fix, of those things I wanted to make right, of those things I wanted to to get in there and lead and do better. And like uh, my strength, anything that I needed to do or wanted to do in my strength, but Part of it was, no, let it go. Let it go. Come into my presence. Come into my presence where the fullness of joy is. Come into my presence where there's healing. Mm. Come where the provision is. Let go. Leave all that at the door and come into my presence. And I think that's the heart of what God is speaking to both of us. This is a now word. I really, I, I believe like my spirit is being so stirred as you're talking, Lord, even as you were saying, after I shared your spirit, my the same as you're speaking. And it really is a now word for each of us to grab hold of. And this is something we can establish ourselves in. This is truth. This is truth. This is right from the word of God. Our, these visions and the pictures that God have give, has given us is actually biblical truth in a picture form. And so I really believe that God is allowing us to see in the spiritual realm what he's seeing. And he's saying, you don't be deceived. Like this is what I've, this is my provision and don't settle, let go. Don't settle. Come through the gate, come through the narrow gate, leave it all behind, leave it all. And, uh, I, I'm so stirred up right now. Honestly, my spirit just makes you want to just get on your knees and be like, take it all. Like, yeah, all I just, you know, it's beautiful. So this is realigning us. And this is a very significant, word i believe the fact that we both have had that happen this week on the same day you see that the enemy you know is really like it says when the enemy comes in like a flood the lord is going to raise a standard and this is a standard this is the standard he's raising like oh no no this is this is my kingdom this is how i see it this is my standard yeah this is what the provision i have for you and so when the enemy comes in which he is doing we're feeling that onslaught mm-hmm. we're feeling like he is really trying to ambush and he's working overtime big time. There's a ruthlessness yeah. always, but there is an obvious ruthlessness that we're seeing in the spirit, but God is giving us the eyes to see yeah. and the eyes of faith to stand, to hold the line and to run and to say, no, this is who we are in God. And uh, we're going to, we want to let that go. And so God help us, help us to see and help us to let go and not to hold so tightly, help us to let go of all those things of our pride of our egos, of our, our sin, of what numbs us, comforts us, that it's false. It's not real. Yes. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's going to rot and destroy. And yes. it talks about that. It's not storing up riches in heaven. No. All that stuff will, it's garbage. But when we come into the true wealth and riches of the king. It's in the, in the king's presence. And so, yeah, I love that. That's really powerful. And I mean, you know, it is all about God's holiness. Like it's about his holiness. That's why we can't bring anything with us. And I, you know, I think of the story of Rachel when she held on to the idols that she stole from her, her Mm. father's house. And it was an, it was an utter abomination to God because again, it was an affront to his holiness. 
right? And that's why we have to leave everything at the gate because that those are part of the idolatry of our lives. Those are the things we're worshiping in a sense we're holding, we're putting our trust in, we're putting faith in the things that we hold on so tightly to even our own brokenness when we hold on so tightly to it, because it becomes a part of our identity and who we are it's idolatry because because it's an affront to god's holiness and he can't come into the presence of the king we can't bring that idolatry into the presence of the king he is holy and you know just like again he wants to establish us as sons and daughters as heirs but there's this beautiful reverence there's this beautiful awe and reverence and fear of the lord that we must approach him with you know jay my husband used this analogy recently about how you know the holiness of god is like the sun and in order the sun is is perfect the way that it brings light and sheds light to the whole world. But if you move too close to the sun, it will destroy you. Like we, we actually cannot approach the holiness of God, um, in the wrong way. It's all in its proper order and the way that it's meant to be. It's that fierce. It's as fierce as the sun and we should be in awe and reverence and fear of its fierceness you know, for our life, it does want to pierce, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. in a good way, a way, anything that is not of God, anything we're holding, any idolatry, it cannot come through the gates with us. And so again, that's all part of, I think what God is speaking and he's saying, and he's saying, no, I need you to prepare. I need you to be ready. Come. The invitation is open. The invitation is for everyone. Everyone is welcome in my presence, but you have to leave your stuff behind. You've got to leave your idols behind. You can't bring them into my presence. They cannot exist in my holiness. They cannot mm. coexist in my holiness. Mm. There's only room for his presence and for his holiness. There's no room for anything else, for no, for no other objects of worship. That is so powerful. It is so true because he is Abba Father, our tender, loving God, but he is also our holy, righteous, and just King. Yeah. And I think that is exactly how God is showing us that we can't call the shots on this is the God I serve. This is what he looks like. No, God actually calls the shots on everything. He's all powerful. And we naturally want a God that makes us feel comfortable. We naturally want a God that we can have all of our stuff and have God. We can live as we want because have it our way, have it our way, our truths, our desires, have things work out the way we want and yet have a God that we serve to. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And, um, that's what God is realigning the church to, Mm -hmm. to be like, yes, I am Abba, your loving father, but I'm also your holy God. And I won't allow like sin. I will deal ruthlessly with, I will be a sword with sin because it it will destroy you and it will destroy destroy you. Yes. And it will keep us outside of the gate. That's the stuff we're holding on to. And it's separating us from God. It's actually separating us from the presence of God. So he will deal ruthlessly with it. He won't allow us to bring it in because it's not out of his rejection of us. It's not out of his condemnation of not wanting us. It's the absolute opposite. He's holy and just and righteous. And we need to be clothed in that. But that has no space, no place. It's like 
opposite of him. It's the opposite of him. And so that's, that's exactly what you're talking about. Leaving things at the gate. It's all of those things, all of the stuff that will destroy us and separate us. There's no room, but when we come and we leave it, <laughs> like the exchange is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Yeah. What a yeah. sacred exchange. Wow. Wow. I'll chuck it all. <laughs> beautiful picture of yes, our salvation though. It is. Like a beautiful picture of our salvation. It is. Wow. Well, we hope that you were encouraged by this today. Receive it into your spirit. You know, throw away what is not, what is too much of us, because obviously even in a vision that we see or even in, you know, our own interpretation of, oh, you know, what we see, there's a little bit of us in there too. Yes. And so you can leave aside what comes from us, receive what has, you know, resonated in your spirit today. And remember that God has complete confidence in you. So put your complete confidence in him. And as we've just been focused on the kingdom and the king, we crown him as the king. Like we verbally say that you are king. He is crowned. But we crown him as the king of our lives and we leave our stuff at the door of the gate. We don't want it. And we walk through that gate to be crowned as sons and daughters of the king. So God bless you and walk in the kingdom today. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and He is always with you.